Welcome everyone to another episode of Where's This Going? Before we get into it today, I want to remind my listeners that they can find all information about myself and the podcast at felix-levine.com. There you can find all episodes in both video and audio formats, as well as pictures from every recording. All my contact information, if you're a fan or a sponsor that wants to get in touch with me, you can find that all there handy for you. I also want to recommend that you go check out my YouTube channel that you can find by searching Felix Levine on YouTube. Please make sure to subscribe to it. There you can find all clips from all my episodes as well as the full episode if you're interested in watching the entire thing. I also want to give a massive shout out to my sponsor, US Wellness Meats. In today's world, eating healthy takes a lot of effort. You walk through the grocery store aisles and you're surrounded with processed foods, chemical additives, preservatives, fillers, flavorings, all that terrible stuff for your body. It's no wonder that Americans are facing growing health concerns, but here at U.S. Wellness Meats, they offer all-natural foods sustainably raised on family farms, and they'll ship all of that great stuff right to your door for free. 100% grass-fed beef, lamb and bison, wild-caught seafood, pasture-raised pork, and free-range poultry has never tasted so good than at U.S. Wellness Meats. The owners are the farmers themselves, and they are the choice of championship sports teams, professional athletes, trainers, and families like yours all over America. Use promo code PODCAST, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, to save 15% off your next order at uswellnessmeats.com. I also want to give a massive shout out to Odd Socks. Stand out and be odd at Odd Socks. They offer some of the best quality socks in the world at the most affordable prices. They offer socks with all of your favorite athletes, actors, cartoon characters. They even have ones with different foods and beverages imprinted on them. If you're feeling classy, I highly recommend you check out their Basics line, which feature premium, stylish socks at an affordable price. Go to oddsocksofficial.com. That's O-D-D-S-O-X, official.com today. And when you use promo code WTG20, you will receive 20% off your next order. And even on orders of $50 or more, you get free shipping. So order $50 or more socks and you'll get free shipping and 20% off using promo code WTG20. My next guest is a UFC fighter and one of the best mixed martial artists in the world. Please welcome Alexander the Great Hernandez. And we're live. Alex, thank you so much for uh, taking the time today, sir. I'm happy to have you on the show. Oh, yeah, dude. Happy to be here. So uh, I told you a couple of seconds ago (laughs) in in the car. (laughs) I told you a couple of seconds ago, I hit you with a vague question as I like to to lead into my episodes of if there's like a tidbit or a little something that the world may not already know about you. I don't know, man. I, um, I do have a lot of recreational... Uh, well, I don't know if I have a lot of recreational fun, but when I do go hard, I go the hardest in the paint. So I guess maybe that's something people don't realize. I train my ass off and then I go incredibly hard for like, you know, 48 hours and then slightly into a week. And 
Well, I might not be something people know. I don't know, <laughs> man. I mean, I, I like to stay pretty active though, dude. I'm always, you know, I don't know if you, imagine you follow me. So you see that I, if I'm a fucking workhorse, but, uh, in between like just grinding my dick off, uh, my chill sessions with the, with the boys are heavy. What's a chill and, session look uh, like? Uh, well, especially, like I said, I'm always very <clears throat> champ minded. So, you know, I like to smoke, but when I prefer to smoke, it's always volcano. You know, I like to keep it vaped. And so I keep, keep healthy, healthy vices for sure. But it, it entails, um, a lot of fight viewing, a lot of, um, joint passing. And then in my case, you know, I like to keep that volcano hot. So, so I stay, I stay, you know, ripe in the lungs feeling good. So I saw you, uh, <laughs> after, after the, after your last fight, after the, the Trinaldo win in the, in the hometown, I think, uh, I think one of the first things you said was I'm going hard. I'm going absolutely hard. Oh, yes, I, I do, man. I do. There, there's probably, there's like, uh, I, 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 I literally do the most. I mean, literally everything I do. So it's like, uh, I, I had one arm for a long time and I, I'm swear to God, I'm doing more with one arm than most people could do with, with three, you know? And, uh, and by the same token, whenever that, like the gloves are off and it's like, finally, like the weights off your shoulders, it's like, okay, if you put it in front of me, I'm going to fucking do it. <laughs> it's like that for about, for like a good 24 hours. <laughs> so how does, I'm kind of curious as someone who, uh, because yes, you're, you're right. Even by following you and seeing on social media, workhorse is precisely the word that, that I would use as I imagine uh, you are as a worker. But how do you kind of find a balance between working incredibly hard and trying to do the, your best in every single thing you do, but also finding rest, relaxation, mentally being able to kind of tune things out at times as well? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the discipline consistency for sure, man. Like, um, because all, all of that's also work. Like the, like the times the times delegated to rehabilitation, um, the recovery, the rest, all of that's just discipline consistency. And then you're able to do it all. I mean, just that whenever you're consistent. So, so like a lot of people might like crush it really hard for most of the week or part of the week. And then they kind of fall short in the evenings or their weekends are trash. And so then they're playing recovery or catch up a lot of times in the week. And then you're spending more time like, okay, so, so instead of using those weekends to, I mean, just a continuation of your week, now you're playing catch up. Now you got, now you're fighting inflammation on Monday. You got grain brain. You've got like all these inhibiting factors that slow you down. So now you're constantly just like chasing your tail as opposed to progressing forward. And so for me, it's just like adhering to a schedule, setting reasonable expectations, and then like, you know, acting on those and making sure that I, I meet those expectations every single week. And, uh, and sometimes like, like for me with this, with this arm, there were times where I wasn't doing a good job because we're always the tightest whenever that, that fights in the books. But like there was times where I wasn't doing a good job of like writing down maybe like that goal for the week, you know, cause you, and like for me, you start getting real impatient, you start getting real antsy, you start getting really stressed. Like, fuck, has it been too long? Like how much longer is this going to take? Like I, I'm not hitting the numbers I want to hit. I'm not hitting the practices I need to hit. My, my mind's like trying to work at 110% and my body can only give me 65, 70% and you start freaking out. So the only way that I found to keep sane was to like, Hey, here's where you're at. And then like, keep track of that. It's been 12 weeks of surgery. Here's where you're at. Here's what you did last week. Here's what you need to set for this week. So come Wednesday, I'm not looking like a fucking maniac in the PT room because I'm like, I'm distressed that I didn't, you know, hit my two jujitsu sessions the day before I could, I couldn't manage like, I mean, a fucking eight hour workload or something, you know, I'm only hitting like four or five and that's driving me crazy. So like, it's just like managing, like setting a full week and then adhering to that week and just, you know, not, not falling short of the plan and doing that 
that's what separates good from great are the guys that are able to do that year fucking round as opposed to, you know, like something I found out, bro, in this, in the sport was like, even like visiting the PI, it's like, it doesn't matter the industry you're in. There's always a benchmark of complacency. And so many people fuck, fucking fall into that bar. It's like, it's astounding. Like I'll be in line and guys are like, oh, you're not that big for a 55. I'm like, oh, wait, are you? And they're like, oh, 35, 45. I'm like, you look fucking fat. We shouldn't be the same weight, bro. Like, like you shouldn't be proud that we are walking around the same weight. Like, I, I look great for you. I, I look like I'm, I look like I'm seven weeks out, eight weeks out from a, a ready, ready to hit a hard fight. Cause I'm already in shape. I'm already within 20, 25 pounds of my weight class. Like I, I, I look solid and, uh, and guys like take pride on just being as lofty as they can in the off seasons. And they also just like act like there is a fucking off season. There is no off season, dude. This is, this is a year round where there is no downtime. So, I, I mean, I think, I think like straying away from like that idea that there's like breaks or off or like even there's time. Like I've just got so much respect for everybody in the division and even in the sport that like, I, I just, it'd keep me up at night if I wasn't, if I wasn't putting in the hours, like I, would just, I wouldn't be able to rest. And where's your, your arm at right now in terms of recovery? Are you fully recovered with it? Uh, definitely not fully recovered, but I'm doing pretty damn good. Like I, I'm, I'm, you know, like I would spar with all, all my, all my teammates and like trusted partners and things, you know, I, I would get in really hard work. I don't, I, would, I don't know if I'd go into like, um, you know, a random gym and, and pick a, pick a guy and, and start going hard at it. But, uh, I feel confident within my own gym. I'm starting to hit like, again, like what I'm doing right now, I'd say is more than what anybody else in my position would be accomplishing if they don't have a fight in the book. So I'm hitting, you know, three or four sessions a day. Uh, my arm generally fatigues out by the end. Grappling's the hardest. So like, if you were to ask me like how it is and I had like, um, I guess a normal job, I'd say it's pretty perfect, but I mean, being able to move like a, a trained professional and like throw him and grapple him, it's not, it's not what I need to be. It's probably at like 85, 80% of that. And, um, striking like hooks with a labrum tear, especially as bad as that one was like hooks are still a problem. So, I mean, there, there's a details, there's certain things where like I am since, since the fights that I kind of proposed have gotten rejected as soon as, um, I wanted them to be, or maybe like, even I felt like Pettis took like a cop out fight, but now I'm fucking glad they did because it's like, you know what? Maybe I need to take more time on this shoulder. And maybe I was rushing the recovery too much into a camp. And then I would have gotten this camp going and I would have been, you know, six weeks in the camp. Like, okay, fuck I, I'm really dealing with some hardships. So I think, um, that trip to the middle East, dude, that was also like a real eye opener for me. I'm just kind of like, I got to talk to a lot of really good brains with Vince Michelle and Carla and, and Lewis and even uh, Shane and, and talk to these guys who are also veterans of sport and like get their take on it and kind of re-level myself, uh, take a step away, still active. I was active the whole time and then come back and then, and I have like this fire in me, but I also have this patience where it's like, dude, you don't need to race this fucking, you don't need to, you don't need to rush this injury and like act like it's a race to, to a fight. Like I, I could still get in three to four fights if I started March versus February or January, you know, so. So I kind of want to take you back a little bit um, in doing uh, some, some background research. I heard you got into wrestling at around 13. Is that correct? Yep. And, yep. and did you know at that point this was what you wanted to do? Um, or was it just wrestling? Or did you know you wanted to be a fighter? How did that kind of come uh, about? Fuck no. <laughs> Absolutely not, dude. I was just really fucking bad at everything else. <laughs> so, and I didn't hit puberty until like 22. So it was like, <laughs> all right, let's just like, 
try to find something that you might be able to, you know, even the odds with. And my, my pops uh, wrestled. And so he, he was excited, like, to put me on to wrestling. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I started freshman year. And really, I was just doing the most. Like, I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do or be. Like, I remember that year I also, like, tried to bait. You know, and both were like honestly equally terrifying. Like, like just being in that head to head, head to head grudge match like that. Like those, are, those are fucking tough. Like you get in this room and you're supposed to have all this shit studied and prepped. And like, okay, go. And you're supposed to spill out this shit. And you're not the a good debater. Back to the puddle, huh? You weren't a good debater, dude. I'm a killer debater now on <laughs> topics that I'm fluent and comfortable in, dude. But I mean, then it was like private versus public healthcare. And I'm like, dude, I'm not reading these fucking books. Okay. We got public. I'm chill with public. I, I, I just didn't, I didn't apply myself uh, to really anything but wrestling. Uh, I just didn't have like passions for anything. And it was like, I didn't understand the necessity of knowledge or just even like the necessity to be eager to learn until kind of later on. And now I'm like a very avid, eager learner. Like I really like, like I, I like receiving information, you know, and, and learning and studying. And so, you know, back then as a fucking kid though, you just don't know what the point is. So it's like, you know, why, you know, like why, why do I care to, why? I, I don't think I'm going to, everybody's going, well, I'm never going to use this. So I'm never going to practice learning. Like you want to constantly be growing your brains. Um, for me, yeah, debate was a fucking struggle, dude. I think like one time I sat on a desk and I was like chewing gum and they just like made a mockery of me. Like my teacher shredded me to pieces. She's like, dude, you can't do that. So, I mean, it was the dude, but honestly though, that was just as nerve wracking as the wrestling thing was. And the wrestling, I was terrified. I remember like my first dual match, which is like your school versus another school. You guys line up on a Thursday, you go head to head. Uh, like I remember having, just being like sick to my stomach, just with like butterflies and moths and every creature you could imagine, like in my stomach, fucking freaking out. And, uh, and I went out there and won that match, which was awesome. The preseason tournament before that I got smoked. I lost like four matches because it was a round Robin. You shouldn't even be able to lose that much, but I just got wiped out by like, every one legged animal out there. Like it, it was embarrassing the people I was losing to. Um, and then I guess the wrestling thing, I just, I don't know why I just kept doing it. Cause I didn't have anything else to do. I wasn't good at anything. So it was like, just keep doing it. You're okay at this. At least you won. You didn't score a single fucking basket in basketball last year. So at least you get to do this. So <laughs> then it was like, um, you know, yeah, just keep doing it. And then, and then like, I really, I started to find more of a group sophomore year. And then by like junior year, I really found myself. And then senior year I was, you know, doing really, really well. And, uh, and that's kind of like maybe a slower slope than what it was. It was, it was a pretty steep slope. Like me and my, I, I had a, a friend and then we got like a group of people where we were like, really really committed and we just like kill it we trained uh tour nationally and then we started doing national tournaments and like we were we were like really good especially for a fucking like some texas kids and, and especially san antonio texas kids so i mean like yeah we were legit and uh i, I had some kids uh in a wrestling d1 d2 d3 i ended up choking at state so i didn't go to the school i wanted to and i didn't really want to go to d2 and so i, I was kind of like that kind of burnt me out a little bit um, but yeah, re wrestling was, yeah, definitely like shaped me into like being a mixed martial artist for sure. And then how do you get into to MMA from that point? <sighs> um, 
uh, in college, I started, like, I just wanted to get fucking jacked, you know, it was like freshman year, let's get fucking jacked. I've been like 112 pounds the last four years. So it's like, let's, let's finally put some meat on and look like a, a you know, a man is what I thought. And, uh, so that's why everybody does. They just start like popping off on pre-workouts and fucking creatines and whatever else. And just like, just trying to get jacked. And so <laughs> I was just like lifting weights and wearing tank tops and just being a douche. And, um, uh, my uncle tore his, uh, tore his knee, his ACL again. And he was training at this jujitsu gym in, uh, in San Antonio. And he was like, Hey man, I'm, I'm out. Do you want to take the rest of this membership I'm on? And I was like, oh, for sure. I'll fucking try it. Like I kind of missed that yearning, you know, that, that, that competition that like that hands-on kind of combat. And so I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. I'll like, I'll give it a go. And so, uh, I went in and they, they loved me there because, you know, you don't have, you know, high level wrestlers come in often. And so <clears throat> the head, the head instructor there, Rodrigo really fucking really took to me, uh, cause we'd have a lot of fun together and I was able to, I was able to test a lot of people on the feet. And then obviously on the ground, it was like, Oh, I'm in a different world. But like, as far as taking people down and everything, like I was, I was already like the best guy there on that. And even like with the head instructor, we go back and forth, but I was a 140 pound kid and he was like 190 something pound man. So it was just, eventually he fucked me. But one time I took him down and made this like huge eccentric celebration about it. It was awesome. But yeah, dude, I just started like, I started training, I just started going, like I, I would do jujitsu and uh, Muay Thai there. And then I started doing uh, jujitsu during the day also. And so I just started like spending, you know, my afternoons there, my evenings there. And like, it was freshman year. So it was really easy to just like not be in class. <laughs> you know, most of them weren't attendance and they weren't, they weren't really, um, they weren't like, um, I don't know, just, just, just really detailed. They were very generic surface level classes, you know? So it was pretty easy to just kind of like skim over them, take an Adderall the night before an exam and, and pop off, you know? So that's like, that's what I was doing. That's really, that's really what shaped me was <laughs> my girlfriend at the time introduced me. She was a year older and she like introduced me to Adderall and I was like, okay, well, I guess we could do this. And that's a cheat code of life. Uh, not that I fucking uh, recommend that shit on, you know, like any other, <laughs> not at all anymore. I, I've, that's, it's a terrible kids try to stay away from that but when you need it you need it <laughs> um but yeah i um I, I just like i really took to it and then the prices were so high on it i don't know why i never try and negotiate with them or like um talk out like a like a deal for it whenever my uncle's my uncle's membership ended and his wife just kind of hit me with like a price and, and i should have like i mean i could have talked to him about it but i just didn't i don't know why and so i ended up not going to that gym and then my roommate took me like months later months down the road was like hey i'm training at this gym and it was this guy that he met at um at lifetime fitness i don't know if you know that it's like a big gym um who was just like working on these puzzle mats on the basketball court and he had just barely like gotten started and he had this little shack that he called ohana academy and he was doing class at a lifetime to try to draw interest and bring people in and he was just a purple belt at the time and uh like i don't know why the, <laughs> the fuck i started going with this guy but i guess we just like clicked and, and uh and I, I remember telling my dad like and this isn't true for everybody this is not true for everybody but i was like i don't even know i mean i'm barely a, a fucking white belt so what do i need a black belt for this purple belt knows everything is kicking my ass like i should just stay with him and uh which you know isn't necessarily always true you know like, all, like generally if you have a black belt that guy's got way more details you know than the pearl belt you want to listen to the black belt um but there's just something about Jason. And it was like, we, we just clicked. And it was like, everything he was showing me was 
like just what I need to know. And he like, he, he just had an answer for everything. And his answers were uh, uncontested in competition, you know? And, and it was like, damn, okay, we got something going here. And he was always, he was, he was a competitor himself. So he was always growing. And that's like one of the biggest things to me and a coach is like having, having a hungry coach that's competing too is so different than having a retired coach. Cause then you not only have a coach, you have a teammate. Mm. And then that coach is constantly developing with you. You never get stagnant. He's constantly on the new waves of like, uh, you know, just, just what you need to be privy to for, for generations, you know, like, like for the next wave. And so, uh, yeah, we, we've been thinking thin since and I've been with him for like for nine years now. And so, um, yeah, that's pretty much, that's the wrap. And now we're going to take a quick break to talk about one of my favorite sponsors of the show, Manscaped. If you've been a regular listener of the show, first of all, I thank you. But second of all, you have definitely heard me talk about Manscaped quite often. And I've always talked about the Lawnmower 2.0 as one of their main products. However, today I'm excited to talk about the 3.0. If you use the Lawnmower 2.0, it's an easy transition because it's the same replacement blade with a new and improved skin safe technology. When I tell you this is premium, I mean absolutely premium. The battery will last you up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest new features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. If you are listening to me speak right now, which I greatly appreciate, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim all of that nasty stuff away, and you can do all of that using promo code WTG at manscaped.com. When you use that promo code, again, that's WTG, you will receive 20% off and free shipping on your next order at manscaped.com. I'm telling you people, that 3.0 is legit. They sent it to me, and it's right next to my computer on uh, on my desk, so I highly recommend it. Let's get back into it. And at what point did you, were your parents supportive of you becoming a professional MMA fighter? Or what, what, what triggered you to be like, okay, I want to fully make a career out of this? I know that you were, um, I had read that it was after, I think you tore your MCL and meniscus, you were working uh, a yeah. good job. And then, uh, yeah. but you couldn't really, you know, perform as, as, as you'd like to. Uh, and then you kind of found MMA again and kind of went full-fledged into, uh, into the profession. Yeah, I, um, you know, I guess like going, going through school the whole time, I started getting into it. I went to school for finance, uh, uh, just kind of as like a backup plan, really, because like the whole time I was thinking, I'm just going to do this fucking fighting thing. And that's just going to be my, that's going to be my bit. Like, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to fight and finance will be a backup plan, but I'll just do it for insurance because, you know, like my family wants me to have a degree and shit. And so I'll just do it. Um, and my dad's <clears throat> is a bro's bro. And you know, like he's like a Marine and shit and he's all about combat. Like he, he's, uh, he wrestled, he did all this shit. So he's like more power to, you know, get after it. Uh, my grandparents, not so much, you know, they were like, you know, fuck that <laughs> completely, you know, fuck that. Uh, but now, now obviously, and, he, and even in the transition over, they supported me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the whole plan was always to, to, to be a mixed martial artist. And then I had that knee injury and just being young, and impatient and also a knowledgeable. I didn't like realize resources or remedies to rehab that knee 
as as quickly and efficiently as possible. So I was kind of like, I feel like a bum. Like I just graduated. I'm not doing shit. Sitting on the couch. I'm not even training. Like I feel like a fucking just loser. So I'm just gonna get a job. And so I got a job. And I started out as this front desk reception lady. And then I worked my in this mortgage company. And then I worked my way back uh, until like being a loan officer. And yeah, I was killing it. And then. Um, I was still fighting, but then I decided like fighting was causing way too much stress and anxiety. And I was just like, I, I didn't, I wasn't enjoying it at all. Like I had this big title fight where I won a good guapa change and it was like the most miserable process ever. And I just wanted to get the fuck out of there. And I'm like, yeah, I'm done, dude. I'm so done with this What shit. was it about it that was stressing then, you out or giving you anxiety, you think? Just all of it. Like I, I just like the car right there. I remember sitting in the fucking car, just like, why the fuck am I doing this, dude? This feels so shitty. I hate this feeling in my chest. Like, I just want to get the fuck out of this car. I feel terrible. Like, I, I was just like filled with like fear and angst and uncertainty. And like, I, I was never performing. Like, I never performed the way I wanted to. Same problem I had like in in wrestling a lot of times. Like at the end, like I guess these big matches. Like, I just wasn't fucking performing. And uh, and I would just go out there and it would just be a huge adrenaline dump and it would be, just be like whatever happened happened. No might come out on top. And, um, and that's even what the fuck that fight was. And so it was like, and I'm very honest with myself. And so like, I don't like play this thing where it's like, oh, you need to be a fighter. That's just like what you're doing and shit. So like, for me, it was like, uh, you're not showing out. You can't do this. You're not enjoying it. So stop fucking trying. Let's just stick to your job. But I just kept training. Like, it was like, you're just going to keep training. And I, I couldn't like, I couldn't let the idea of like the other guys getting better than me. So like, I still wanted to be in the gym very actively. I just didn't want to compete anymore. Maybe do some jujitsu bullshit or something, but I didn't want to be like, I didn't want to be fighting anymore. And then my, uh, coach hand job, my, uh, my pad holder, he, um, he like coerced me into taking this, uh, LFA fight that was in San Antonio against like the tapology number four dude. And, uh, and because I had like so much security and confidence that I developed in my job, I just like showed out and murked the fuck out of this dude. And I was like, okay, dude, well, if you can do that, then you should just fucking do that every time, bro. And so then it was like, okay, we're, we're, we're back on the scene. Like we're gonna do this fighting thing. Um, and, and then I got like, it just put this fire in me that like, oh, I can do it. I am capable of doing this. Like all the doubts you had about being incapable of showing up, you showed up, you showed yourself your cable, be the guy you want to fucking be, quit being this bitch. So then I just started chasing it, chased it heavy, started enjoying myself in the cage with like the confidence that like, if she doesn't work out, there's other ways to make money. I can make money doing fucking anything. I could be successful in a number of fucking avenues. If I put my mind to it, I know that now I don't need fighting. Fighting is going to need me. So let me just go balls out. Let me like make it like an indelible stamp that, that people will never forget and like, you know, leave a true mark on, on this, on the sport. So, uh, that's kind of the turn I took. Where did you, where do you think you, you, you got this work ethic? I mean, you know, there's one thing that, that kind of stands out from even looking at all your interviews, even now, it's just that whatever, you know, you talk about whatever avenue you go in, you, you knew you were going to find success, but there's, it's not just confidence, but it's also, uh, you know, you, you work hard. Do you, have you always been like that? Is it who, who instilled that in you? Were you always like that from a young age? Uh, I, I've always had a good head on my shoulders, but I think like the, the true work, whenever I had something worth working for, it felt like, which was wrestling for me. So wrestling was like, whenever I kind of like, I felt like put those big boy pants on and like got to work. Cause I, I'd always like good student always got in trouble for like talking and general shit and popping off. And, you know, but I always like did fine. I always did like A's and B's and I was good and, uh, never really worked that hard. And then like wrestling, I like worked hard. I worked really hard. And then, and then I, I found, 
I found the rewards, you know, of that work and, and like the feeling of like true sacrifice and, and like the feeling of like lows and highs and like, and like being obsessed with that, the reality of it all, you know, instead of, I don't know, the facade of a day job or even like just fucking general studies or whatever the fuck else, you know, like almost that like life or death feeling. And, um, and then it was more of just like my determination to be successful. Like I just, and, and also I always had this idea that like, I just, I can't, I just can't be ordinary. Like, like just fuck. Like we all have such opportunity to not be like, cause the idea of ordinary is so subpar and insufficient that it's like, nobody should be ordinary. Like there shouldn't even, like this shouldn't even be a real fucking word, you know, like <laughs> everybody has the ability to, to be in ordinary and extraordinary. And so for me, it was like, dude, I'm not going to fucking die. Just some Joe. Like I'm just not. And so, uh, I think just the older I got, the more that that reality became pending, like, or, and really impeding that. Like I had to do, I just had to do more, be more for more, you know, like, and, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I said, I just kind of have this ter- determination. And then even when I was doing the, the work and the, uh, fighting thing, it was like, I don't know which avenue I want to do. And it kept me up at night a lot. I lost a lot of sleep and just had a lot of stress over like, what's the right choice. And at the time, which really I don't feel that anymore, but at the time I just wanted to be successful. It's like, whatever gives me the most success. And so I'm just going to do the absolute most in both. I don't know which road to take. I don't know which is the right direction, but I'm just going to do the fucking most with everything I got because I, I just like have this inability to be okay. Knowing that I did, I didn't complete the work or, or that, that I didn't give it like my all as cliche as that might seem. Like I just, I, I, I have an extreme unrest, like sitting on the couch, just smoking weed, eating Reese's puffs and watching Netflix, knowing that like, there's a whole, like there's, there's a, there's a whole list of goals to be accomplished, objectives to be, you know, overcome and just like tasks that you need to achieve in order to like fucking be something. So like, for me, it was just like, I just can't fucking sit around and not do anything or even like call a day early. Like people get done with fucking work at like five or six o'clock and they go to a fucking bar. They just like do some fucking chest press and like jerk off. And I don't even know what the fuck they do, but like, it's like, what do you do from, from five to like, like 11 or 12 PM when you actually go to sleep? That's a whole fucking day. It's seven hours. You know, you have six to seven hours. There. It's like, what do you do? And like so many people would just fucking chill. So it's like, I would work my dick off in the office. And the second I got done, I go to the gym. I'm training for three or so hours and I'm, I'm trained in the morning also. And it was just like, that's what days are. That's, that's what days should look like. And so whenever I got out of the office and I started training full time. I had this idea that guys were just fucking in the gym all day. I was like, fuck, I got to play catch up. Like these guys are killing all day. And I get here and I'm like, you motherfuckers are doing as much as I was doing with a full-time job, bro. Like the top five. No, no, those motherfuckers play for keeps. There's no jokes there. Top 10, even probably not even top 15, even slack some. Yeah. Everybody else, most fucking ordinary guys in the world. But those like those elite elite, that's what I've always tried to be like. And so for me, it's like, I'm used to working 12, 15 hour days of grind sessions where I have deadlines. And so what I'm doing is I get up and I fucking every, every day, every hour is purposeful. And if it's not, that eats me alive. Like I, I hate killing time. I don't kill time. You know, I, u- I utilize time. So I like that alone is, is I think again, what separates us, you know, like the idea of like, it's okay to kill time. So now I'm curious about, uh, 
your UFC debut. I think that was what it was two twenty two, um, and against uh, Benil Dariush, who's a who's a tough, seasoned, savvy veteran. And you just on short notice yeah. walk in there and steamroll him. Forty two seconds. Yeah. What's going on in your in your? I'm sure you party after that, but uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that was the best. Time. Sure, <laughs> you talk about <laughs> you talk about one um, when you get the call. I don't know if it's how how it happened, but you get the call that you're fighting on short notice at a huge uh, pay per view event, and you know against a good a good opponent, and then you know your confidence leading up to that, and then the performance was fantastic, and then and then I'm I'm curious about the after party and the celebration as well. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, going into that was insane. I was getting ready again. Like this, that's why I got like so. All, I got so fucking spiritual over this whole thing. I'm like, God, universe, it all has a plan for me, you know? Because I was like, I was getting ready for. Uh, I just, I just quit my job. Uh, I'm fucking send my car. Just saying, hey, and by the oncoming traffic in my pops' driveway. Um, I, I I quit my job in January. I had this fight lined up in March. My grandparents were asking me, like, how long are you going to do this for before you're just like, all right, I need to get a job again. I'm like, don't worry about that. Like, I'll do it for as long as I need to. It won't take long. Like, I'll, I'll have, I'll be where I need to be by the end of this year. I have absolutely no doubt about that. Cause I was already on like a hot LFA run. I, I felt like I was like, you know, a fight or two away from getting the call. So I was getting ready for um, a local promotion. And, um, uh, yeah, I was a week out. And so my weight was right. Everything was good. You know, the stars just really aligned for me. And my manager calls me. I had like all these crazy missed calls. I had fucking hand jobs show up to this like gym. I was like in this like little like exclusive sequestered away gym. I like middle nowhere. Fucking I, I'm like stretching. I like oh, roll over open my eyes. A fucking hand job standing over me, John. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing here? And he's like, we've been looking for you everywhere. I look at my phone house. My manager house has been calling him. And, um, He's like, um, he's, he's like, uh, yeah, you got, you got to call Jason back, Jason house back. Um, he's been trying to get a hold of you. He's acts like somebody just fucking died. And I'm like, okay. So I call him back and he's like, Hey man, um, it looks like there, there might be an opening on UFC 222 this next week. And it's in, you know, like, yeah, it's in seven days or six days, whatever it is. Um, do you want the fight? And I'm like, Fuck yeah, I want the fight, bro. Just yeah, submit it for me. Let him know. Let him know I want the fight. He's like, okay, cool, 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 cool. And then so then uh, I didn't even really ask any questions. I didn't like bother anything. I was just like done. So then I get off the phone with him, and then he calls me back later on or whatever, or maybe I called him to see like how I was looking because then he got me so hyped up. So if I went from like going to the T-Mobile Arena to going back to this fucking Cowboys dance hall that I was gonna fight at. Like I probably would have lost that fight because like I would have been so fucking, you know, like discouraged, you know, my head would have just been so uh, displaced, you know? And so I, um, uh, I call him and he's like, like, who, who are we looking? I mean, like, who, by the way, who the fuck am I fighting? Like who, who fell through? What, what's, what, what's like, what, what's it looking like? And he's like, um, all right, so it's either going to be, and I don't even know how this made sense now, but he's like, it's either going to be uh, Benil Dariush or uh, Avin Mercier. And I was like, okay, uh, cool. So I'm going to fight either one of these guys. I'm like, I guess maybe it was, maybe the, maybe the, it was like Dariush was either going to completely pull out and then Mercier and me were going to comp like completely fill in or Dariush would take the short notice fight also, which kudos to him for doing that. Um, and so he, um, yeah, it, I, honestly, 
and this is how bad of a fucking fan I am, bro. Like now I watch it very religiously, but before I only watched select opponent. Like I, I only watched guys that like I just wanted to emulate and admire and I stalked their careers. I did that across like the board for any, any facet. Right. So I didn't really know much about either one of these guys. I recognized them, but I didn't know anything about either one of them. And so I was just like, okay, whatever. And then at first I was like, Oh, well, mercy looks pretty big. I'm like, but he looks more graphic. Like I can handle him around. I was like, Jay, you guy doesn't really look too intimidating either, but let me look him up. And I started watching like, Oh, well, I, I got the, I got the official green light by like midnight, maybe that night or something. That was fucking obviously didn't sleep for like two days, you know. Like I, I, I got I got that alert and it was like uh, I remember driving home, getting into New Braunfels, and like being in the parking lot, getting that notice and just being like the whole world just stopped. And I was like, fuck, dude, I'm <laughs> in the UFC now, dude. What the fuck? I just quit my job. This is crazy. It's so crazy. And uh, and I'm just caught. I blow up. Like I've got like two two like best friend group chats essentially. So I like hit all the homies with like, we're in, you know? And then, uh, I called all my coaches, my dad. And then, so nobody slept, right? There's no, but no sleeping that, that night. And then, uh, even the next day was kind of rocky. Uh, but then I, I made the mistake of like starting to watch a little bit too much tape of, of Darius. I'm like watching him fight Barbosa and shit. And he was bringing it to Barbosa and like getting better looks on him before he got caught with that knee. And I'm like, fuck, this dude was piecing up Barbosa. And I'm, I'm watching him like knock out these other guys. I'm like, oh, dude, this guy's, uh, this guy's pretty <laughs> legit. <laughs> I'm like, all right, fuck. Okay, we'll stop. And so then I was like, stop, stop watching tape. Cause like the next day I'd be wearing him. I'd be wearing him on me. And so I'm thinking about him too much, not thinking enough about me. And so I cut, I cut that shit out immediately. Started only thinking about myself, thinking about like, I watched the way that he approached fights and I was like, okay, he's, he's a slow stalker. He needs to control the cage. He needs to, he needs to dominate, um, the opponent's side of the ring, meaning that he's got to press your back against the cage in order to really become his most proficient self and his most effective self. So for me, it was like, I need to close that gap as quick as possible. Use my speed strength. And I, I, I'm, I'm a sharp striker. I'm a, I'm sharp everywhere. And I'm, I'm technically I'm tighter than I think anybody else period. So for me, it was like, he's going to be experienced and be very strong. He's going to have like really nice tricks, but I can get straight down the middle to the point much faster than he can and do it more technically. So it was like, I need to sprint through this motherfucker, hit him with something immediate to disrupt his whole cadence, throw him off, and then immediately start to take control on his side before he gets a chance to do that on my side. And, um, and so that was kind of like the loose, quick knitted game plan. And then I was moving around with my coach Kilgore, Jason Kilgore, my strength mobility coach. And we started doing this like lion primal ass, like stance and warm up and then build up into our feet. And so then I started, that's where that cross position started coming from. And it was like, okay. And then, cause then it puts you in the mindset in the moment. So I knew the second I, 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 I braced myself in that three point stance or that four point stance, it was like, um, okay, it's game time. And now don't worry about anything else. Don't focus, just execute the plan, execute the plan, execute the plan. And we rehearsed and rehearsed. And I like just, I had a few combos I really liked, but just a cadence that I wanted to keep and a pressure. And then I just figured things would start opening up for me and I could start flowing organically once I started letting off a few of these combos. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't know what it was, dude, just something in the air, but like every day we just got so much more confident so much more certain uh, as a whole team because the whole the thing in the beginning was like honestly like I, i'm still so impressed with us for like pulling it together the way we did and, and getting that done because it was like got the notice didn't really sleep much didn't sleep didn't sleep at all didn't sleep much 
they flew to Vegas and I was like, all right, man, talking to Yarrington, my head coach. Um, all right, let's get off this plane. Let's go get an Epsom bath. Let's take a nap. Let's go hit the gym. Fuck all that. Drop in. Dude picks you up, takes you straight to the, uh, fucking, um, what's it called? Hotel. And, or not even the, it was like, it might've been the main hotel. Yeah, I guess it was. And we started doing poster signings, uh, fittings, interviews, all this shit. You've got all these fucking UFC fighters you've been looking at walking past you, some mugging you. I remember I walked by to like grab this water thing off the ground. I go to grab it. And I, as I'm like getting up, I see this hand like getting in my face and I look up as dare you. So I'm like, so taken off guard. I was like, oh fuck. I hope I didn't fuck up that first introduction, dude. I just I was just so unprepared. Like it, the whole thing was just sensory overload. Then we went to the PI and we go to the PI and the first fucking asshole I see, Michael Chiesa, the biggest son of a bitch of all time, dude. Michael Chiesa, this was when he was a 55, right before he went 70. He's a giant. He's a fucking giant. And I walk in there and I'm like, dude. This is what the fuck I've got to look forward to. Like, this is like my, my introduction. I'm like, this is what the 55s look like in the UFC. Fuck, dude, maybe I do need to go 45. Fuck. And this is what I'm thinking of four days before my fight, you know? And so it's like, it was just if, sensory overload. And uh, and then we like ran a dare use like five times in the PI and his guys, his guys are mean mugging me. I'm mugging about all this shit. So it's just like, you know, fuck all this hostility. I don't like this. So then after this, after that, we found... Um, we found a uh, shelter in um, Couture's gym out there in Vegas. And we were hitting that every day, getting fucking great work. It was, it was grimy. Like my gym, it felt like home. There was no other uh, influencers or, or um, no other competitors there. And so it was, it was really nice just to have like the solace of the gym to myself. And, uh, and we just started like articulating this plan and started articulating the confidence behind it and every day i just like gained so much confidence so much certainty the weight cut was the best i've ever had in my life uh not like it's ever hard but it was just it was literally butter it was just so easy and smooth off and and i um yeah i lined up for that fight and by the time the fight actually came around it was like there's no way this guy makes it out of the first round like i'm so fucking confident there's no way this guy makes it out of the first round and, uh, and then it just happened the way it happened. And that was awesome. And then it just felt like, you know, I was a celestial being floating around the cage. <laughs> Super, you know, it was just like, uh, just the most surreal experience you could ever have. And then we're like, my coach always jokes about John about like, you know, we get done, we eat, we're grabbing all of our stuff. And they're like escorting us out and they opened up the doors and we're like in the back eye of the team mobile, like, Oh, wait, wait, boom. And they just shut the doors and you're like, Oh, all right, well, I guess it's fucking over. <laughs> like it's over because you can't go back into the arena when it's done. So you just get done. You, like, I didn't need to see the doctor. So like, you just get checked real quick. You go maybe grab some food. They're just like, walkie, you walkie, you walkie. Then boom, you're, like, you're out of the arena. And so uh, we're like, oh, okay. And uh, we were just left with our shit there in Vegas. The hotel's right across the street, you know, so it was, it was chill. But um, yeah, we all had like breakdown moments that night where we all like cried at some point. I happened to cry in front of Big Sean, which is fucking awesome. You know, I love Big Sean. So we went to this, uh, we went to this show. I forgot at what club it was at, but uh, my buddy who just like loves orchestrating shit. And so he, um, he put it all together for us. And we just like, we went straight to this club, ran into Tyrone Woodley there. That was dope. Uh, we had these tape, we were like table side next to Big Sean throwing down. I was like, dude, like, these like chicks come out with these balls like they bring out this belt for me i got this belt and fucking little 
sparklers on the dumbass bottles are going off and big sean's playing and i just fucking got this the 50 grand bonus news and it was just like it was the most like insane surreal and i was just like crying at one point where i was just like i don't even i can't even stop myself and i'm not ashamed to do it either i'm just fucking i'm just gonna keep crying for a minute and everybody dude, and i'll tell you what there's nothing like um there's nothing like a post-fight celebration and being around those people who love you most and even the extension of those people who just like you a lot and want to be a part of the shit because the energy is so electric it's so high it's so palpable like it's so positive it's so fucking positive the energy is so positive and like you're not chasing anything it's not like when you're going out and you're like oh we gotta go here for a better song or chicks or drinks or whatever fucking dumbass thing you're chasing it's already there you got it mm. and your crew's got it you guys are just so fucking happy to be around each other everyone's so happy for the purest purpose for the purest reasons and like it's hard to party purely like that you know what I mean? Mm. And that's the way anybody should party, you know, like purity. And it was, it was fucked. Dude. It was like true celebration. And that's, that's like when I really like, I, I feel guilty. I don't like to like, I don't like to be an asshole or like go on these benders or do anything else otherwise, because it's like, what have I earned? What have I accomplished? Where's, what's the purity behind? It? I feel like I'm just chasing something. It's not there. Let me go earn that shit. And then let me go, let me go have, have a reason to, you know, celebrate. And we're going to take another quick break because I want to talk about my newest and latest sponsor, Tushy. Everybody in this world poops, so Tushy is for everyone. Wiping with dry toilet paper does not always get you clean. But I have a question for you guys. If you got poop on any other part of your body, would you just wipe it off with dry paper? No, you probably wouldn't. Thankfully, my friends over at Tushy created a new and sleek bidet attachment that clips into your existing toilet and sprays your butt with the same exact water you brush your teeth with. It's not that nasty toilet water, it's that clean, fresh water. This Tushy bidet is the best thing you can do for yourself. Tushy connects to the water supply behind your toilet and is super easy to use. The best part, it's that it's only $79 and it installs within 10 minutes. And even better, no plumbing or electricity is required. Go to hellotushy.com today and when you use promo code WHERE, that's W-H-E-R-E, you will receive 10% off your next order. Again, go to hellotushy.com today, use that promo code WHERE, W-H-E-R-E, and you will receive 10% off your next order. And now let's get back into it. So, I mean, you've four fights in the UFC, three and one, so you've got more celebrations than, than, uh, than not. And, f and from the, uh, so, you know, you go, you go from the Darius fight, then you have a good, uh, you know, another win over uh, Aubin Mercier next. Um, and, then, and then the Cowboy fight didn't go your way. What did you, do you feel like, uh, do you take away the most from your wins your, or from your losses? Or do you feel like, um, do you feel like the Cowboy fight was a, even though it didn't go you, your way, you were able to, to take a lot from that because you are still young and have all the potential in the world. And, you know, not to mention that uh, the UFC, they thrust you into a, a big spot like that. They have a lot of confidence in right. you and they want to promote you. Yeah, I would say um, I definitely learned the most from the Cowboy fight because it had to make me face everything. So like their huge fight was just an utter success. It was like, okay. And I still took things from it. Like, okay, you were, um, uh, a little too impulsive on the draw. Sometimes like you were overextending and reaching for some things where you should slow down and like taking a breath. And really that's when I got the knockout. Uh, <clears throat> but it was like, it was so glamorous, so good that it was like, okay, uh, we, we just need to kind of play like that. Maybe not overreach some things. 
when the Mercier fight came and I was so upset about that performance because I felt like uh, I kind of crashed going in there. I had this like killer warm up. I was, it was, it was like awesome. It was just awesome, but we didn't compensate for I was, I was the introduction, of the main card. And there was like all of like the, the ads and all that shit that has to happen. Not like the networking bullshit and, and there were just longer time lags than I, than I projected. And so I found myself like just pacing for weights. I mean, by the time the fight started, it was like 40 fucking five minutes of pacing. And it was like, oh, so like by the time that fight started, like I felt my knees and my shoulders and my neck, like all these things were like, okay, all that hype. I felt like God, like at one moment. And then like, we just waited long enough to where it was like, okay, I don't feel like anything more than like some fucking hunk of shit like i just feel terrible dude and that fight started i was so flat i wasn't feeling myself at all it was it was terrible and then like i went from that into just like tumbling into a ball of anxiety and just like forcing things through the fight um just not performing the way i wanted to. i was just beating my ass that whole fight just beating my fucking I, I keep saying every single fight it's me versus me featuring whoever so like in that fight it was just like i was just beating my ass that whole time just like discrediting myself getting upset nothing was good enough i never slowed down to compose myself and think like yeah we need a reset i need a reset <laughs> and so and i didn't want to look at that fight i didn't want to fucking see it because i was so disappointed in it and i was like that's not you you don't need to look at that shit it's not that's not really you and you don't want to see yourself like that and then ignorantly enough i moved on like that when i should have fucking stared at it a billion times and like watched myself so i could recognize when i'm doing it again and be like oh no don't do that dude because if you watch something enough like i'm very i'm very much a visual learner like that also so like i see things i can just do it and then i see things i can recognize when i'm doing it or when i'm doing something that someone else is doing you know so i go in the cowboy fight and i do the exact same thing except for this time i came out hot i felt great i didn't i i didn't i learned a lot about nutrition since then i was really shooting myself in the fucking dick this whole time and so i came in way carb depleted compared to what i should have been uh, and so I really blew my tank way too fucking early with all the excitement, the intensity of it all, uh, just being on that big of a stage that early. Um, yeah, I just, I kind of blew my load, but, but I, that, so that was a nutrition factor. But, but what I did though, was the exact same thing I did in the Mercier fight. I, I, except for the cowboy fight, I came in hot, felt great, started fucking him up got a big edge had the, like had him really i fucking i look as i had him but instead of just being like oh dude you got this wound animal in front of you take your time on the kill you got him dude you're gonna keep breaking him it was like we gotta take him out right now why isn't he going out right now you should have already taken him out like i had this idea that i was just gonna fucking touch him a few times and he was gonna die there's like nobody's gonna be like that bro if it happens it happens but these guys are top 10 competitors you know they're not just gonna they're not gonna fall out for anybody you know and so uh once i was able to recognize that I mean, afterwards, I fucking didn't recognize the moment, but in the moment, I found myself doing all the same shit I did in the Mercier fight, overreaching, tumbling into like chaotic scrambles that weren't to my benefit. Um, all these things that were like uh, just repeats of, to my detriment, you know, the, all, all, the, all the things that I, I was doing before. And it was like, fuck, if I could have studied that and saw and like just faced, faced my weaknesses and addressed them preemptively i could have probably avoided a lot of fucking issues that i ran into a cowboy but i was I, I was like too i don't know maybe too proud too uh i mean really i was just too scared i was like i was too nervous uh 
to look at that. Like, I, I just didn't want to see myself like that because I thought it was going to be bad for me to do that. But like, the truth is you got to face the truth. And, uh, and, and I mean, that, that's like, that alone is what you'll grow on. So for me, like that cowboy fight, that cowboy fight made me face those truths and like taught me a lot about composure, having to settle down. Um, but it also did sit me down a huge spiral of, of doubt too for a bit there. And I was like, I don't know how to slow down. I don't know how to compose myself. I don't know how to fight differently. You know, I know I'm fucking better than these guys. I know I am like, I'm, I think I'm fucking eons above cowboy. I think if I ever fuck, I'd fucking murder him. But how'd I lose experience? I lost my experience. I lost on acting impulsively. I lost on losing my fucking cool. I didn't lose on a technical de- you know, default. It was like, it was all is so much in here. Like in my mind, there's so many things I was watching. I would slip a two, not fire. And be like, Why aren't you fucking fire? And, you, and I, I even had this thought like McGregor would have taken him out right there. You would have taken him out right there and you fucking slipped your left hand. Why aren't you like, why aren't you firing? What the fuck are you doing? And just like all these things where it's like, just they're tolls of the task over time. Like, it's like, you have to put the time in. And so like I, I put in, I only got a fight twice this year, but I have so many fucking miles from those fights. I fought two like the most prestigious veterans in the fucking organization, let alone my weight class. And I learned so much from those fights so fucking much and for me it's like if i can come in i can compose and control which is like the truth for like fucking anybody i guess but if i can do that i know i have like the skill the strength the speed the prowess to murk these dudes out that that cowboy fight whether it was a fight maybe i shouldn't have lost maybe it should fight i should have lost you know shouldn't have should have i don't know because you know time's gonna tell for that one you know maybe it was exactly what i needed and that's like what one of my best friends says like this is a this this is gonna have to be exactly what you need it's gonna have to be the best thing that ever happened to you because you're gonna have to slingshot 180 rebound off this thing you know and so uh that definitely that definitely taught me the most and even the Ronaldo fight again i wasn't i wasn't thrilled with my performance in that fight and i only had one fucking arm going into it but I learned a lot and I learned so much. And like, I had so much clarity in that cage that the thought of my next fight, which I didn't have going into that fight, uh, is supremely more confident, more clear, you know? Do you, uh, do you believe that you'll be UFC champion one day? Of course. I wouldn't be doing this for any other fucking reason. If I did, I, I said it before, I'm not in this business to participate. Like there is no pride in participation for me, like getting a little fucking UFC patch saying you did it. I'm sure that's great and all. And then I go out, at least I made it this far. But again, I didn't get this far just to get this far. Like I, the only reason I do anything is to be the best in it. Same thing when I was in the fucking business world. I wasn't just trying to be an okay guy at my job. I want to, I want to be the best. I want to own that company. I want to have a fucking bank of my own. Same thing with here. Do you set goals for yourself? Do you see, uh, do you set a goal for, you know, I want to be UFC champion by 2020, 2021, or is that not how you process things? Uh, no, I've, I've been saying like 2021, I want to have, and that's when I should have it. 2021, if I, if I'm, unless like injury or something else has me down, which it shouldn't, you know, unless it happens inside of a fight. Um, 2021 is like that projected date because I, I want to get three fights in to four fights in next year. You know, I want to be very active. And so if I can do that, there's no reason 2021 isn't, or even if it's three fights, I get another fight 2021 and I have to, you know, maybe it's my second fight of the year, but there's no reason 2021 is not the fucking year for me. It needs to be the year for me. 
It has to be. Like that, that's the goal. That's what I'm continuing to reiterate. And I mean, you're 27 now. You have so much time ahead, but you know, 2021, I hope that for you. And, uh, and when, do you, when it's all said and done, when, what do you hope your, your legacy is as a, as a fighter, as a, as a man? I mean, you still are super young, but what do, you, do you think about that ever? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if I've necessarily, like, I thought about leaving a legacy of greatness and inspiration. And, like, if anything else, I want to leave a legacy of inspiration. I want to encourage others to, to be more for more for them, fuck themselves before anything else, but then for others. And so, like, above all, I want to leave a legacy of inspiration, but then of greatness, indelible greatness. And I, and I want to be, I want to be convincingly the best to do it. So, uh, I mean, I guess that would be, yeah, my thought behind that. Beautiful. Uh, you can find Alex on Instagram and on Twitter at the great one fifty five. Alex, it was a it was a pleasure to have you on the show. I wish you a speedy, speedy recovery for that shoulder. I want to see you, you hopefully in March, hopefully three or four times back in the cage. And if you, you should get on that Brooklyn card, April eighteenth, come back to Brooklyn, and uh, we'll party it up here right. or uh, wherever. I hope uh, one day we uh, I get to meet you, and uh, and I wish you nothing but the best, man. Thanks, bro. Appreciate the time, man. See ya. Talk to you soon.